This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 498 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Today, we are going to bring you part two of the discussion about the new USDF dressage test with Bill Warren and Bill McMullen, along with a book review of The Rider's Balance from Sylvia Locke. And Eliza Signor-Rom gives us a great trainer tip about test riding. Stanfield from Wellington, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi there, Phil. Good evening, Reese. How are you doing today? <laughs> well, how is Paradise? Paradise is great. Like it was, it was a really great day. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like um, it's been a really busy week this week. A lot of things. One of my sponsors, Triple Crown Feeds, had a big event. Then yesterday was the Helga Strand Dressage Open Training Day, which was always interesting. I didn't stay for the entire for the entire day, but that was pretty interesting. And Jessica Spracklin, my assistant for the winter season, she's doing her first intermediate two at the schooling show. We have a schooling show this weekend. And Bill McMullen, actually, who you've been hearing from on our test riding, he donated his lessons at, at as a silent auction item and Jessica won it. So we went there yesterday and she was able to, you know, it's so fun because we literally walk out our gate there, our neighbor, walk into his gate and she warmed up and she rode her I2 in a different ring with a, a good judge. So that was really cool. So, and then busy, I horse busy, showed. Busy. Yeah, I yeah. horse showed today. Uh, yeah. Karen Isberg's The Natural E. We had a great first outing out, uh, which was really good. You know, having to go to Global and trailer in. And uh, he was quite good. Actually, we're really happy. Got all our qualifying scores. Got our got our score for freestyle. Got our score for regionals. Um, so that was really fun. And uh, always fun. You know, the, fir- the first CDI this weekend. The first CDI. And <laughs> Phil, you have the results, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> well, I have them right here. Okay. Laura, I didn't have, Grace. I didn't have, I didn't have them pulled. I did have them pulled. Yeah, up yeah. Before. I was like, you had That's them. That's why you threw it to me. But yeah, I don't have them <laughs> up anymore. Yeah. So Laura Graves and Verdadis uh, actually showed today. I, I, I had to go home. I had to take my horse home, so I, I didn't see her. But she had an eighty percent today, an eighty point zero six five percent, the highest score to start the competition season, which was fantastic. Shelley Francis on Danello was second with a 72.48. And Sweden seven-time Olympian Tina Wilhelmsen, um, Silvino on Don Aurelio were third with a 71.58. So that was exciting. And then we have to... Some good scores. Yeah, yeah we'll, good t- we'll take... to open uh, the season, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll absolutely take that. And then uh, we've got to give a shout out to Michael Klemka. Michael won the, I'm just looking for the scores here, the CDI three-star Grand Prix for the special with a 68.45 with his horse Royal Dancer. And Canada's Jill Irving on Arthur had a 67.130. So that was quite cool. Great stuff. Congratulations, the riders. It's already it's already started, Phil. It's going. It's, it's going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No it was stopping actually, now. 
no, it's not no stopping now. We've got now 12 weeks of, of excitement, but it's really fun. And, and it was actually quite, it was a nice day there today. It was very good weather. It was a little chilly this morning, but this afternoon was perfect weather. I'm sorry for anyone where it's snowing, um, but it was really good weather. And everyone, every, all the horses were in a really good mood today. And uh, our horses stay out all day in the pasture. They just really loved it. And so it's starting, it's very busy. So we even, my own team, we have a horse show on Sunday as well, a schooling show. So all the horses are showing this week in one form or fashion. So it's fun. So okay. Okay. Well, good good now, luck to the Phil, team. Phil, we got to give you a shout out. You had some very good news today, which we have to oh, give you a yeah, shout out. Oh, yeah. I was just I was just bragging on you a little bit earlier. But the yeah. horse that I was riding for Angela Cook, That's his name is Decimo. And he, I just got news that he is reserve champion horse of the year at first level so i'm very proud of him he's a wonderful for like, horse and, for the country uh, of canada that's fantastic yeah, phil great. congratulations yeah. yeah very happy very good day a, a smile on my face after i went and drove and i uh, drove to the barn and i rode and it's just like snow is coming in sideways today and it's uh as usual i wasn't in a, the greatest mood but uh everybody knows it's winter so cranky phil's coming out but phil <laughs> Actually, yeah, we, we're very excited for you, and that's not bragging. We we're all happy for you, and we and and in horses, I cheer on everyone's successes because we all know how hard this game is. So, congratulations! Thanks. And we have a great show. We're going to continue on. Actually, we're going to get started with uh, the Bills, as they're known. Bill Warren and Bill McMullen are coming back with round two of the new 2019 tests. We hope you enjoy them. Well, we are back with our part two with the Bills, Bill McMullen and Bill Warren of Warren and McMullen Dressage. Bills, welcome back. And Bill Warren, congratulations. You just became an FEI four-star judge. That is amazing. And Bill McMullen is a certified instructor and a faculty member, also a gold medalist and also a large art judge. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Reese. <laughs> well, I, and like we talked about, you guys are my neighbors, so I love down here, and I love being able to see you guys every day. It's lots of fun. So, Bill Mack, can you talk to us a little bit about third level going for our 2019 new tests? Sure. Well, going on to third level, we discussed in the prior section about some of the changes, the nice progressive changes that happened for training first and second level that were very progressive and uh, as Bill Warren pointed out the the test writing committee was really taking things into consideration to be able to, to set them up in a way to develop the collection needed in second level and of course uh, and looking on to third level and if we read the purpose at the top of every level it always starts with saying that it has to demonstrate that it have has already achieved the prior the requirements of the prior levels and moving on and, and what we add for the next level so a higher degree of collection and um, at third level, we also introduced the extended paces as well. So we have one more one more element there in terms of adjustability and transitions within within the gates. And but looking at the 2019 third level tests, we find that they actually are unchanged compared to the 2015 tests that we had. So in terms of the pro progression through third level. We are all pretty happy with how the, the tests are set up, and apparently the test writing committee was as well, since they made really no changes there. And of course, the things, uh, the other things that are introduced at, at third level are the half passes and the flying changes. Those are the two, probably the big highlights of, of that level, uh, in addition to the, the added degree of collection that's needed and the difference in the paces. 
Fantastic. And, and um, Bill Warren, what are some movements in third, in third level that we can just go through? Well, we have, again, the shoulder in third level is the first time that the half passes are asked for. And those I think are already placed in a progressive way. Third level one, starting from a shoulder into a half circle and a half pass, which is a, a good combination. And for a, a young, younger horse, and then by the time third level three comes, it's a little bit more of a difficult combination with the shoulder in and the two 10 meter half circles, and then leading into a more steep half pass. But I, I think the third level lateral exercises have been already put in a progressive manner to give horses and riders a chance to digest the higher degree of engagement and collection at, at that level. So I, I think there really were no necessary changes. And of course, the flying changes are the first time they're asked for. But again, they've already been progressively placed. So I think the feeling was that those tests were horse and rider friendly as they are, and therefore no changes needed. I think, yeah, Still, sorry, maybe I was gonna, talking yeah. about the lateral work um, went from thir- from uh, third one to third three in terms of how the half passes progressed. But looking back in, at third two, maybe if you want to just address quickly a little bit the um, the shoulder into Ron Bear line that we have in third two. Oh, right. Importance right. Of that. Which we, yes, we used to have um, the Ron Bear in second level, but that created a lot of problems at that level. So it was taken out of second level during the last um, rewriting of tests and it was left of, you know, part of these new tests and the, the, the purpose, I mean, the shoulder in really is developing engagement and bend and the run there then shows the correctness of the balance and shoulder in when the bend into the run there has to be changed to the outside and how proficient horse and rider are in achieving that change of, of bend and being able to maintain the correct angle and the line and, and self-carriage. So overall, everybody felt that, that keeping the Ron Vare, it's, it's a little bit more appropriate in third level from the second level? Is that, is that kind of why they changed it to that? Person, personally, I agree that it's, it was better for the third level tests, I think at second level, when we have you know so many riders just coming along, it was I think too advanced of an exercise. Okay. Um, but I think by the time we arrive at third level and thinking, you know, even further, when pirouettes are developed in fourth level, I, I think of a third level rider should be capable and proficient in being able to ride that combination of shoulder in and round there. And it really, I think, shows the honesty in the balance and self-carriage when that works correctly. And if it doesn't, then you kind of have to go through your checklist and say, okay, well, <laughs> where, where have I gone, gone wrong? Because that should be possible. But it was too early in second level. So it was taken out you know, several years ago when the tests were rewritten. A lot of times I have uh, riders that sort of question me about or just talking to people in general about, you know, what describe the difference between, uh, a, you know, a second level horse and a third level horse. Because in both levels, they ask for collection. Now in second level or in, in third level, 
they're sort of asking for more engagement. And and something that I, I like to talk about in third level is sort of the horses have to develop um, moments of suspension, right? Because you're doing extended gates instead of medium, you know, for your lengthened portion of, of the trot. And, and, you know, for a horse to do a correct flying change, they have to have suspension in the canter. So maybe, maybe Bill Mack, you could talk exactly. about other things, you know, differences between just looking at a second level horse versus a third level horse. Yeah. Well, I think you already you already summarized it really quite okay, well. well. In terms <laughs> yeah. of that, that it has to have that, like I said, increased engagement. You know, reading here the per, like I said, the purpose at the top of the level is all. You know, you you already said it almost close word to word in terms of what's required to show that better distinction from collection and medium and extension and uh, the defined defined transitions in those so that they can show a difference. And I think one thing I think Bill and I both use this a little bit, and a lot of judges do. At, at when when you have to have this difference between medium and extension, because a lot of people sometimes in the medium, they go for it in medium, and then there's not enough difference left to show for extension. So I think that's important that you can show it. So often, I mean, a comment that we often use in judging is that the extension, even though the rhythm might be, you know, correct and the balance and outline, it might say, it might only be, say, a six because it doesn't show enough difference for medium. To yeah. be able to reserve some to show show that difference for the maximum extension and reach, you know, looking especially for the reach and the extended trot, well, and the canter and the walk and so on as as. But well. I think it's so I think that keyword is suspension because by extension, <laughs> there should be enough engagement to then produce a, a bit of suspension. Maybe it's not going to be strong enough yet to carry a whole line, but it it has to show the ability to you know, carry itself with a little bit more of a suspended attitude so that there is a clear difference, as Bill said, between medium and extension. Right. Yeah. There has to, there, a difference has to be shown between the two. Um, and, and Bill Mack, you've, you've said it a couple of times. I just want to reiterate it because the, the way that USDF prints the tests, um, they don't print actually the whole test. If you go to USEF or there is a directive and there is a purpose, uh, it's very clearly stated. And I, honestly, right. several years ago, until I did my learn to judge stuff, I, I never read that because it wasn't in the paper that I got. But I think it's really important when you're looking at for this time of year to really read the directive and the purpose uh, because it's Absolutely. there. It is, it is lined out. <laughs> but you have to do Absolutely. a little research no, to find it. Yeah. I, I, for sure, but it's all it's all there, and I think all riders should be required to read it. I think all yes. their instructors and when they trainers enter. and coaches ought to insist that their their people read that before they go in the ring. And uh, yes. you know, cause a lot of riders come out and don't understand the judges' marks or uh, and remarks and so on. But you know, then if you look and read the directives for each movement and what's the essence of the movement and what they're looking for and realizing all what goes into every score, then they can start to understand. But I think it is. And it's a great time now that we're important. all kind of talking about it and we're going through it. Go and get the full test with all the all the not just what's printed in the USDF book. There's a lot more information out there. So sorry, I just had to throw that in because it's a bit of a yeah. pet peeve of mine. No. So uh, Excellent. Excellent. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't know though. You wouldn't know unless you know. You, actually, the score sheet that you get at the horse show has that information on it. So it's a good way to study right. as you're as we're we're re looking at the test. Okay, Bill Mack, we're going to start with uh, fourth level test one. This is the last of the national levels that's been changed through USDF, USEF for 2019. Uh, so what did they change in fourth level test one? Main change in fourth level test one, which is another, um, again, a welcome 
uh, progression that will will make better for better riding and better training of the horse is that uh, in the walk work we have the walk pirouettes. Now after the the pirouettes are completed, you go to M and turn left in the collected walk, and then at C is the canter depart. Whereas the prior test after the second pirouette, you immediately cantered at G and then turn left at the letter and, and to go down the, the long side. So it made riders rush from the pirouette to get ready for the canter. There was only, if, if they didn't go enough steps from G to do the pirouette, then they're coming back and they have to canter sometimes before they've even been able to straighten totally from the pirouette. And it was too much rushing and a lot of tension happened and it didn't give enough time to you know, make sure the walk was clear and, and all that preparation. So now they have a lot more time after the pirouette to really get through the pirouettes make sure the walk rhythm is good and to get through the corner, you have a whole corner and then coming up to see for the Canada part. So again, a really, I think a, a very logical thing, especially at four, a, hor- a horse one. friendly change. Yeah. yeah. That, that was not exactly. very horse friendly. Mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah. too much anticipation and, you know, almost cantering around the pirouette and yeah, it was really messy. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> good. Good. Well, how about so, fourth level test yes. two? And fourth level test two remains unchanged. We still have the, um, you know, developing and then in four, two, we have the, the progression toward developing the canter pirouette, uh, the working pirouette in terms of the collection coming to the center line. And, and again, I think people need to realize that for that, that the essence of what the judges are really looking for even more than the turn is the ability to collect and, you know, the engagement that's shown on, on that approach to toward X uh, to make the working pirouette. Of course, the turn itself is important, but it's in the preparation. And I think that's what we really want to see is that a horse and rider have the ability to work together to take the weight on the haunches and to, to really to come back in the canter and maintain the jump behind. And then to be able, then they can produce the turn, okay? Yeah. And, then, and then to come out of it again. And wouldn't you say, I mean, fourth level... I feel it's it's a, it's almost like each test is its own level in a way. You know, sometimes in the lower levels you can maybe you know not write each progressive level, but in fourth level there's a lot of information between. There's a big difference between fourth level test one, fourth level test two, and then going into fourth level yeah. test three. Yeah, absolutely. No, oh, I think it. Uh, I think that's well said too. And then for the flying changes in um, in fourth level test two, then we have three four time changes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's starting, we're starting to get serious now. So Bill Warren, fourth level test three is dramatically different. It's probably the biggest change they made. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. I think riders will be very happy with the changes that have been made. And as a judge, I welcome it because I think it will be a more rider and horse friendly test. So we won't as judges be watching so much struggling. I think they they shortened it, I think, considerably by taking away, I don't know if it was one extension, but it, it is shorter. One significant thing that has been taken away is the, the halt, the rein back and forward and rein back again, or the shockle, as we call it, that caused too many problems and ended up you know, mostly being a, a wrestling match between horse and rider. So the, <laughs> the rein back is still there, but only one which I think is um, a, a very good change. Let, let me ask you a quick question as, you know, not maybe as judges, because as judges, you see people struggle with that movement a lot. But as trainers, does that movement not have value in, in the training? I think it does have value, but I think it's a bit premature at first le- uh, fourth level, rather. 
Okay. Um, okay. I would rather see, I would rather see it maybe part of a St. George or even I one, but I think it's a bit premature at, at fourth level for a lot of riders. And in some ways I hate that things are taken away because I think there are ways to, to get riders to understand better and trained better that these things shouldn't be a struggle. But unfortunately uh, along these levels, you know, we see people skip, uh, skipping details and okay, well, I did this level last year, so I don't really want to do it again. And only from a, a really correct engaged halt is a horse going to be able to rein back with fluidness and then to be able to move off a few steps and walk and come right back again. You can't do that on a young horse that isn't in that collected balance. But unfortunately, lots of times at fourth level, we, we see a horse that really isn't even achieving collected walk and the the halts with the hocks out behind it's struggling in the first rain back then to walk forward and then um, rain back again without a second halt was just too, too much of a, a struggle. And then unfortunately the, the horses end up having to suffer because what else does the rider have to do at the moment? They have to get it done. So they take it back from the bridle. And yeah, <laughs> so I, I think yeah. in many, in many ways we were trying to, go easier on the horses. But I, but I agree with you that it, it shouldn't be impossible. I think it is a valuable exercise, but I think better off at a higher level. Yeah. Maybe we should petition the FEI to put it into, put it back into I1 or something. Cause I, I mean, again, like Good luck. I think it's a really valuable. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was just thinking it, it was, I, I like to see it when they put it in, you know, in that test, because I think it is a really good test of horse and rider, but like you said, maybe a little bit too early in the, in the yeah. training. Yeah. It used to be part of the Grand Prix years ago. Yeah. And then, yeah, and I think it would never end up back there because they, I, I think would be afraid that, you know, in trying to make this more of a spectator sport that, that would be too boring in a Grand Prix now, but, but in comparison, you know, asking for it at fourth level when it used to be part of a Grand Prix, yeah. I, I think at fourth like level, it's a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. Not appropriate. So, so what else is, what else is in this four, three? And then the other significant change in fourth level is the line of four tempes was taken out and there's just one line of three tempes. Again, trying to make it a bit shorter and more friendly for horse and rider, but something had to go away. And we've already, you know, asked for the four tempies in the four, two test. So, um, one line of changes was taken out, but the pirouette segment and all of that is pretty much the same. Yeah. So they just made it shorter and a little bit more friendly, horse friendly yes. is what it yes. sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think there should be some, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say there should be Go something ahead. left for the St. George, right? You know, you, you do your threes and fours on oh, exactly. St. George, yeah. right? <laughs> yes, and I mean, in in four three now, I don't think we'll see exhausted horses and riders. And in the riders thinking of, you know, pre-St. George, they can now, I think, be a little bit more progressive about it and saying, oh, instead of saying, oh, my God, fourth level test three is too difficult, I'm going to skip that and go to St. George. Mm-hmm. Yes, which yeah. a lot of people did, and I have to say the St. George is more rider and horse friendly. It promotes good riding. It's a fluid test, but I think now 
riders will slow down and say, oh, I can do this and give the horses a chance to further develop, get stronger um, in self-carriage and then be really ready for the St. George instead of just skipping over it because they could do all the movements and didn't want to struggle through fourth level. Yeah, yeah. So overall, it seems like um, the test committee did a fantastic job and really made all of this quite horse and rider friendly. They really looked at some of the tricky spots, so which is fantastic. Well, and Bill and I, we felt really honored that we were asked to help with the filming of a lot of these new tests, and and that was um, really a, a much more creative format that they. They did this time around instead of just filming tests and then having judges commentate on them. They really went really much deeper into, I, I think, the, the whole process, training process, as well as the the judging aspect by um, having you know trainers involved as well as judges. And I, I think they're very instructional and I hope people will really take time to to look at them. Yeah, no, I love it. So everybody, we were we were all part of this this team that that actually went through the test, and I, uh, there are other trainers also around the country that that did different levels. We will, I will, as soon as it's released or we get more information, we will let you know. But it will be coming out soon, and we're excited, and we will share share it. So, well, you gentlemen, as always, are wonderful guests, and we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. How can our listeners find more information about your your team? Warren McMullen Dressage. We have a, a website, uh, warrenmcmullendressage.com, and that's all uh, Warren McMullen Dressage, all one word. Also the same for a Facebook page, and under my own name as uh, our personal Facebook page, which also has some horsey information sometimes under Bill McMullen. But we're reachable through uh, through all those uh, all those means. We're located in White Fences, as Reese said, right across the street from Reese, where we see her riding and every day so we get to talk and uh, wave to each other across the street yeah i love it i know and i i i, I spook one of your horses every morning and i hate it <laughs> you're, you're a sweet assistant i spook that horse every day with my one horse and i'm like oh maddie i'm sorry but we love it we love we love it and uh, we can't thank you reese it's good training yes i know yeah, <laughs> every day training. now and now i just scream door or something so poor maddie knows I'm <laughs> but we thank you it's guys so much yep and, and that's what's the best thing about you two as judges is you are out there every day just like us with all your horses training and it's so fun to see it so uh well thank you guys so much and i will see you in the morning all right have a good thank evening. you very much reese phil everybody have a great evening well phil right after this break from kentucky performance products we're going to come back with the book review that we've been promising the sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn you grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. 
microphase vitamin and mineral supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, Phil, we are finally circling back to our book, which I think we started in November. We haven't given up on the book review. We've just actually been quite busy with all the things. We've had so many topics and (laughs) great people that we really, you know, we get on and we we just said, okay, we should do the book review this week. We should do the book review this week. And this is like, it's pushed back as we we have so much great stuff to bring you guys. But we're going to come back to the book reviews. We got some new books that we're thinking about having on. So we just got to organize their authors to bring them on the show. And so we haven't given up. We, we really like this idea. It's just uh, other stuff kept us busy. Yeah, we will We will be on another book very shortly because we know uh, there's lots of people up north that have been asking, actually, because it's quite chilly and they want to... <laughs> people are them. stuck indoors. Yeah, people are stuck indoors and they're aware of our books. So we will get started on that. So, But we've got a book review of Sylvia Locke's book, The Rider's Balance, Understanding the Weight Aids in Pictures. Um, so, Phil, do you want to get us started? Because there was some really, really different ways to look at things in this book that were really helpful. So why don't you get started on what you were thinking? Well, um, first of all, I just wanted to thank Sylvia for coming on our show. And she was a great interview. And we talked for quite a while, you know, about training, about horses. And uh, it was a lovely review. So again, it was in November. Uh, You might want to listen to that before we get into the book too much. Um, Give you a little bit of an understanding of where she's coming from and, uh, and, and how she came about to writing this book. But um, you know, I thought this was a really interesting book because it dealt with um, a, a lot with the writer mm-hmm. and and the writer's responsibility for thinking about their own balance um, and and on a horse and off of a horse. You know, she did it in the book. She talks a lot about doing some exercises and thinking about things when you are not even on a horse. You know, because if you if you aren't balanced off of the horse, you're obviously not going to be very good at being balanced on a horse when you're in motion. So I thought that that's a good point to make. And she, she does talk about doing some instructional courses, horses not involved at all, just riders on the ground, you know, thinking about posture, thinking about alignment of, of people's bodies and, you know, and have them, uh, just walking or, or cantering as a, as a person, you know, I guess it's skipping. Um, to think about how their weight is distributed between their feet and uh, into the ground. So I thought that there was a really good point that she made in that um, she talks about when you are on the horse, and, and we all say that you sit on a horse, but but that is a little bit of a misconstrued concept because you're not sitting on a horse as if the horse is a chair and that it's meant to, you know, bear all of your weight. And, you're you know, we know that that to sit on a horse is to really be balanced. And especially with your upper body, you want to be lifting and being responsible for your own weight on the horse and not having the horse so much as so much carrying you, but, but going along with you that you are going with the horse and you're not obstructing their, their ability to, to move underneath you and to express themselves and to be free in their movement. So I thought that was a great idea and concept that I wanted to, you know, bring to our listeners. So that, that was sort of my takeaway yeah. about, you know, yeah. about this as a posture things and, and weight bearing mm-hmm. things and uh, uh, some great ideas about that. 
Yeah, she really did. So, like, for example, um, you know, she goes by chapters, and, and her third chapter is natural balance, allowing gravity to work for us. And she's got a picture on page 45, actually, of a rider, and then it's a rider only by sitting in the center of the saddle with an appropriate vertical pelvis where the rider be correctly aligned to let their legs drop. They will have the freedom to move their legs forward or backward desired without losing the balance. And she's got a great just illustration of a rider, of a rider sitting correctly and a rider not sitting correctly. And it sounds so obvious, but it's it's not actually. I was working with one of my riders today uh, about this because she was holding in her hip. And when you hold on the hip, you're not able to really sit in correct alignment. Uh, and so she was really struggling just with picking up the canter, but really it was, it was just how she was sitting in the saddle. So she's going to have to really you know, work on that. And then the yeah, same thing. I thought that's a, yeah. yeah, that's an, that's again, coming back to that, she was talking mm-hmm. about with the lower half of your body, you know, hip downwards is to allow gravity to take hold of your body because, you know, it's going down already. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, we don't have right. to, I mean, we shouldn't have to struggle with making a long leg because the effect of gravity just, you should take all of that straight down. Right. And, and if we sort of, can relax a little bit and allow mm-hmm. that pull down that we're going to have a, an easier time with keeping an open hip, a little bit straighter knee, a little bit our ankle coming down to the ground. Yeah. And she talked about that. She's like the most common problems are lack of core strength, stiffness in the hip joints and lack of confidence leading to tension and gripping. And I mean, I, I know Phil and I both work on this. Like I'm always trying to work on core strength always because you can never really be strong enough in the core. And Absolutely. You know, stiffness. I, I, as I've gotten older, not that I'm old, but I'm getting older this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I have to spend more time doing yoga and doing stretching every morning because the more I stretch and the more flexible I am and the more comfortable I am, the better I ride every day. And that's really a big deal. You know, that's really, really helpful for me. So I really have to spend time thinking about that and doing that every day. And, you know, that's, that's, we do this all day long, but it doesn't matter. I also have to, like, I don't sit at a desk very often. Well, right now I'm doing the show. So like, literally I'm looking at this book and she has a picture of someone sitting at a desk and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm slouching. I'm just kind of sitting. I'm hunched over. And hunched and over. Sort of and, kind of- yeah. Like in a weird position where I'm not in any sort of alignment. So I'm like, currently making sure I'm sitting up. So, you know, just these things that you don't think about, but really become important. And she talks, she does talk a lot about that, which is really helpful. And, you know, she talks about just knowing sort of what your weaknesses are and where your alignment is a problem. Yeah. Being body aware. And, you know, you can do that like, like she talks about. And and I said, she can do that on the, you know, just on the ground, walking around. Do you walk around with it, with a good posture? I mean, that you, it's helpful to be balanced when not on a horse. And and then she says, okay, well, if you're walking in a straight line and then you turn to the right, for instance, you wait there on your right leg. Well, why would you not do the same thing uh, on a horse? You know, when you turn, when your horse turns right, it, it helps the horse if you do a little bit of weight bearing on on the inside stirrup. And and she says like, not, you know, we talk about bear, weight bearing on seat bones but that can lead to riders collapsing over an inside seat bone or an outside seat bone. If we think about taking our leg a little bit longer and and 
weight bearing a little bit on the inside or outside stirrup now we've creating a longer leg and we're using gravity to help us and and we're, we're helping the horse to do his job so yeah okay. just just different descriptions of mm-hmm. of you know doing the things that you've been told to do by your instructor and 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 you know we talk about this a lot that we have a lot of different people on the show and we love new ideas or what we what we, what we really like to have is different ways of explaining the same concepts because there's right. nothing in this book that you know that um is different from from other books that we read or that we talk about or other instructors but it's again different ways to go about talking about an an issue of imbalance or or um or training a specific movement yeah so I, i absolutely i would pick it up read it talk to your instructor about it because again everybody learns differently which is one of the reasons we came up with this this book um, you know, book of the month, or, or we may do it every couple quarter, uh, but really to help people find books that help and speak to them. And and it may work that you're doing it sitting at your house or sitting on an exercise ball or taking it to the arena, looking at the book, writing creating a discussion, mm-hmm. creating discussion. You know, so shooting us a question or talking to your trainer about, hey, I read this concept. What do you think about that? You know, um, could you help me? to you know can you explain this a little bit more to me you know that you know that helps us with content for our show just talking about dressage and you know we can always come back again and again and again to you know these important concepts of of balance and and using weight aids and and i mean that's what it's all about right absolutely so we hope you enjoy it go pick it up if you haven't read it sylvia Locke, the rider's balance we hope you guys enjoyed it and stay tuned for our next book that's going to be coming shortly well total saddle fed has some fantastic news in 2019 and uh, we're really looking forward and if anyone has any saddle fit questions we have justin from total saddle fit coming on in, in the next couple weeks so please send them in because justin is awesome he'll answer all the questions that you have on saddle fit but phil there's some fantastic new products coming out from total saddle fit we wanted to intro yeah, uh, Justin's he like good heads up because he is coming on. We we love the questions, but he's going to talk about some new stirrup leathers that they're debuting. They're a little bit different, kind of hard to describe. So we're going to have him on to to talk about it. But you can check out on the website the new stirrup leathers, and also they've decided to make the synthetic girth in the long version, like the jumping or um, all-purpose version uh, uh, of that for the new girth. So. As always, they're they're innovating over there at Total Saddle Vet. They're bringing you new products, and I think if any of the you know if it, if they're like any of the other products that we've tried and and use every day, they're going to be great. So uh, we're really happy to 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 get Justin on. Absolutely. And this week, we have a great Total Saddle Fit tip of the week from Eliza Sidner. If you have any questions I'm on Total Saddle Fit, don't check, forget to check out their website, totalsaddlefit.com. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we are very happy that Eliza Sidna Ram stayed on for the Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. Eliza, thanks for staying on again. And you've got a great tip for us about the new tests that are coming out. How are you dealing with those in your program? Well, my 
approach to writing any new test, whether you're moving up a level or in this case, they're just new for all of us, is to break them down into chunks. Let's say you're moving up from training to first level and you're looking at the test and thinking, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. This is so much. Break it down into chunks and start out with trying to put just a couple movements together. Let's say the center line, the first center line, halt, trot on, turn left or right, whichever way the test says, and do your first movement. And just practice that a couple times that you practice chunking it out that way. And you can do one chunk and practice those couple movements together so that you feel how you need to plan ahead. Let's say after your trot off from X, you need to plan your turn at C, balance the horse in the corner, and then start with your trot lengthening across the diagonal, if that's what the first movement is. And the first time you ride it is probably not going to be the best. So you ride it and then you regroup with your instructor or even on your own and think, okay, I need to ride a better corner. And then you try that again, just chunking it out like that and then putting another chunk together. And then when you feel like you have the chunks fairly well organized, then you can put a couple chunks together and put the test together that way. Because for all of us, when we move up to a new level, things start coming at you really fast. And so don't try to ride the entire test because it's probably not going to go great the first time. But if you just work a little piece at a time and get that piece organized, um, then you can move on to the next piece and then start stringing them together. Yeah, I, I really like this tip because this is the way I approach my tests normally. You know, maybe one day I'll introduce the horse to, like you said, the first chunk. And I really try and make sure that I can ride that chunk really well. You know, I don't really feel like I want to be moving on and introducing all the movements in one day. So like you said, I, I would just ride the first part one day, come back the next day, do my warm up, make sure I can ride that first part really well again. And then maybe I would move on to the next part of the, of the test and introduce the horse to, you know, my second chunk the next day so that you're not feeling overwhelmed with an entire test, you know, only, maybe two weeks before the show, will I be riding entire tests and putting them all together? I really like the idea of perfecting the, the sections of the test, um, you know, rather than, okay, well that didn't go well. I'm just going to do the next thing and, and I'll come back to that. You know, that, that always leaves me feeling a little scatterbrained about it and, and overwhelmed by all of the things, especially the, the higher you go, the longer the tests get and the more perfect the things have to be at letters and stuff like that. So, that's what, again, just breaking it down works for me really well. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely right. And and I think you have to ha you think of it that way and have a plan to get ready because we're actually showing next week, which is crazy. And so we've been kind of looking at it the last month and thinking kind of backwards from the horse show, if that makes sense. And actually today we put the test together for the first time Um to kind of get ready. So I think that's the best way to approach it. Not, not like, Oh my gosh, I horse show, you know, next week and you haven't looked at the new test. So I think that really helps with anxiety and kind of getting everybody ready uh, for the show. So I love it. Well, Eliza, thank you so much for our great tip of the week. How can our listeners find you online? You can find me on my website, which is www.elizasidnordressage.com or on Facebook at Eliza Sidner Dressage. And 
those are, I think I have an Instagram, but I'm a little not so smart with that. <laughs> do <laughs> Me too. Often. Me too. I don't get that. It's too much. Yeah, it's yeah. too much. <laughs> well, thank you so I'll much work for on that. staying on and coming on the show. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. We've got a couple in the queue that I'm really looking forward to taking care of. We will get to them. We promise. It's just been kind of a busy, busy couple weeks. So we're looking forward to that. So as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me on the internet is through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week.